Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Get smarter about things like saving on travel, because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancier dinner, too. Boosting your credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. And saving for an emergency fund, because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The Peter Schiff Show. Now, many of you probably expected me to do a podcast yesterday as a result of gold's move to new highs for the year and the dollar's move to new lows. And believe me, I was interested in doing it, but I happened to be traveling. I was up in Toronto for a couple of days, so I figured I'd wait until I got back to Connecticut where I can do the podcast from my studio. So better late than never. And I want to talk about what happened yesterday in the gold market and with the gold stocks and with the dollar. So we had the price of gold up about $15 yesterday. And of course, the price of gold has been creeping higher and higher and higher ever since it had that correction. And by the way, I think I did a pretty good job of nailing the correction itself. The fact that I said it would be a very shallow correction. And I'm pretty sure that I nailed the the bottom. I came on, I did a podcast when it looked to me like the gold stocks were confirming a end of the correction in gold. And gold did rally, and initially gold stocks rallied too. Uh, but then the gold stocks came back down and almost retested their lows. Didn't quite do it. But the price of gold never came back down. The price of gold kept rising and rising. And now finally, yesterday, the price of gold hit a new high for the year. So gold made a new high. It reversed all of the correction and then went on to higher highs yet the gold stocks are not even close to where they were a few months back when gold made its high in fact the smaller gold miners if you look at the gdxj which is an index of junior miners i i, I think this thing still has to move up 30 percent or so to get back to where it was uh, when gold was lower than it is right now earlier this year but What we did get yesterday was finally a big move up in gold stocks. I mean, most gold stocks, I think, were up 4 or 5%. I did notice some of the stocks I own up 8 to 10%. So it is one of the biggest up days that gold stocks have had in a while, and that is encouraging. And in fact, we got a little bit of a warning about that the day before because I've been watching these stocks very closely. You know, I watch how they trade. I I own a lot of gold stocks personally. And um, I watch how they trade. And what I had noticed is that gold stocks were just selling off every day into the close. I mean, the last five or 10 minutes, regardless of what was happening to the price of gold, going up, going down, they would hit the gold stocks. So they were trading very weak. And I noticed that the day before yesterday, for some reason, the gold stocks rallied into the close. No movement in the price of gold and the gold stocks rallied. And I thought that was encouraging. And lo and behold, the very next day, we had this $15 spike in the price of gold, and we had this big move up in the gold stocks. Now, interestingly enough, today, gold was down maybe about 7 bucks. So gold almost gave back half of, uh, of what it gained. And the way the pattern has been this year, 
you know, gold gives back half of its gains. The gold stocks not only give back all of their gains, but they actually go lower. You know, so like when gold would go up 10 bucks, the gold stocks would go up maybe a percent or two percent, and then gold would go down five bucks, and then gold stocks would see the five dollar move down in gold, and they drop four percent. So as gold was going up, but you know, not in a straight line, the gold stocks actually kept going down because they would go down more uh, on the down days than they went up on the up days. Well, today, even though the price of gold was down about seven bucks, so almost half, maybe gold gave up about 40 percent of yesterday's rally. Gold stocks barely gave up any of their gains from yesterday. I mean, they closed near the highs of the day, and they were barely down. I mean, gold was down all day today. It was never really positive. But the gold stocks closed right near the highs of the day. They were barely down. In fact, the GDXJ lost even less than the GDX. So the juniors actually held in even better than the senior producers. And so now, to me, looking at this positive technical action in the gold stocks, looking at gold breaking out to a new high for the year. I think things look very, very good for gold. I think they're looking good for gold stocks. And I think, you know, the pullback today, I think part of that had to do with the release of the Comey testimony. You know, former FBI director Comey is going to be testifying tomorrow. And when the transcript of what he's going to be saying was released, I guess there was some relief that it wasn't worse, that it didn't really implicate President Trump for some kind of obstruction of justice. And so maybe gold gave up some of its gain based on that. But, you know, I don't think gold's rally has anything to do with anything Comey may or may not have said. I, mean, I don't think it really matters. I think gold is moving up for monetary reasons. It's not moving up because of political uncertainty. Now, of course, we do have some political news coming out tomorrow, too. We have the uh, the British elections, and so the markets maybe are worried about the outcome there. But again, I think politics is being trumped by economics when it comes to what is going on with uh, with the price of gold. Now, the ECB also is going to meet tomorrow. That, to me, is more relevant uh, to what happened to the price of gold because that's monetary policy, which is something that is important to the price of gold. Meanwhile, the U.S. dollar yesterday hit a new low for the year. The dollar index got down to just about 96.50. I don't think it broke below 96.50, but it got damn close. I mean, it was 96.50 something. And the dollar index was up a bit today, although it surrendered most of its gains by the close. So it only it only was up a couple of ticks. But the impetus for the early morning rally in the dollar uh, was, uh, I guess there was some report coming out that the ECB, when they meet tomorrow, they're going to lower their inflation forecast for the eurozone, meaning that they think there will be less inflation than they thought before. And the number I think I read was their forecast is now 1.5% inflation. Now, you would think that, you know, 1.5% inflation, okay, that's great. Yeah, it's under 2%. But apparently, people think it's too much under 2%. They need to be closer to 2%, but still not 2%, as if it's somehow the price is right when it comes to interest rates. You got to be as close as you can to 2% without going over, which is complete nonsense. But if people are thinking the ECB is going to signal that they think inflation is going to be lower than they thought before, then maybe they're not going to taper back their quantitative easing program uh, as soon as maybe people thought. Now, I will see. I don't really believe this. I mean, and even if they come out with some contrived 
lower estimate for future Eurozone inflation. I don't know what they're basing it on, because I think the, in, the momentum would indicate that inflation is actually going to exceed uh, their forecast rather than uh, come up short. But that caused uh, the euro to sell off because, after all, if it delays an end of QE or delays a rate hike, that is perceived to be euro bearish. But, you know, that would be gold bullish because anything that means more QE, more money printing, you would think would be bullish for gold. And it's certainly bullish for gold in terms of euros. But the problem is anything that's bullish for the dollar is typically bearish for gold. So the fact that people think the euro will be weaker as a result of a more dovish ECB when it comes to their inflation outlook, that was also weighing on the price of gold because what's bearish for the euro by default is bullish for the dollar. But I think the markets are probably getting ahead of themselves. I see there's a lot of momentum now building in this long euro trade. And I think it's going to continue. So if I were a betting man, I'd be betting that regardless of what is said tomorrow uh, by the ECB, I think the euro is headed higher and the dollar is headed lower. And I think the same thing with respect to the Comey testimony, the same thing with respect to the UK election. In fact, if anything, the uncertainty over some of these things is maybe holding back the markets from moving in the direction they're moving in anyway. So once we remove that uh, uncertainty, it's kind of like unclogging uh, a pipe, and now everything can flow uh, where it wants to go. So I would want to come in to these uh, these you know meetings or these events that have some uncertainty, but I would want to go with the current trend, which is down in the dollar, up in gold, and now up in gold stocks. In fact, I think that in the near term, we could see some very, very explosive moves because gold stocks have a lot of catching up to do because they have not been moving higher during this gold rally. And gold has rallied all the way to new highs for the year, and the gold stocks are still closer to their lows. So I think there's a lot of lost ground that needs to be made up. And I think once gold gets above 1300 which it hasn't done, I mean, I don't know, I think it got up around the high yesterday, might have been about 1295 ish or something like that. But once we get above 1300 I think that we'll start to see uh, some more enthusiasm coming into this rally. 1350 though, is the key number, right? Once we close above 1350 and maybe we'll have to close above it once or twice, I don't know. But I think once we get above there, I don't see any resistance until you hit the hots. So I think that the move could really explode. So you want to make sure you're on board. In fact, I read this article today. They had an interview with a former Fed governor, Kochila Koda, I think that's how to pronounce his name. And what Kochila Koda said is that he doesn't think the Fed should hike rates in June uh, because he thinks the economy is not strong enough and we're really not at full employment. And in fact, not only does he think the Fed should not shrink its balance sheet, he thinks they should grow its balance sheet. And at least Kochila Koda is honest. He's wrong. But he's honest because, you know, all these Fed guys think like Coach Lakota. Why does he think the Fed should not raise rates? And why does he think they should do more QE? Because if he's advocating a bigger balance sheet, he's saying the Fed should do another round of quantitative easing. Now, why does he say that? Because he believes that the Fed can actually stimulate a weak economy by printing money and buying bonds. I mean, he's a true Keynesian, and he believes in this nonsense. And I guess since he's no longer uh, a Fed president, maybe he doesn't have to toe the line of just pretending everything is great 
and he can say, yeah, everything is weak. Now, yes, he was one of the big doves when he was on the Fed. So who knows? Maybe he would be saying the same thing if he was still a voting member. Uh, but he's now maybe can speak more freely because, believe me, all these guys at the Fed who have been data dependent, they see how awful the data is. In fact, they probably know it's even worse. They probably get data that we don't even know. And they are afraid to admit how weak the economy is. I mean, that's why they, they've raised rates, because the Fed is afraid if they don't raise rates, the market's going to think, oh, my God, what do they know? Why didn't they raise rates? There must be a huge problem. They must be afraid of something. So they have to raise rates just to create the false illusion that they have confidence in the economy. Because if they don't raise rates, that's an admission that they don't have confidence in the economy. But obviously, Coach Lakota doesn't have confidence in the economy. That's why he wants QE4. That's why he wants the Fed not to raise rates. Now, he is wrong that we should cut rates and do QE4 because in the long run, that's part of the problem. That toxic medicine is why we're so sick. But he is right in the sense that if you believe in this quackery, if you actually think that when the economy is weak, that you apply this stimulus, then he's right. The economy is weak. So he wants to apply the stimulus, but everybody at the Fed wants to withhold the stimulus because they're claiming the economy doesn't need a stimulus. They're, they're saying everything is great. But ultimately, I believe the Coach Lakota view is going to become the view. I believe this all along. I just don't know exactly when the Fed is going to fess up or what excuse they're going to come up with, what they're going to blame it on, how they're going to try to save face or preserve what's left of their credibility. But when you start to hear stuff like that, you know, this is just the beginning. This is the tip of an iceberg. They're going to fall in the line. They're all going to be singing this Coach Lakota tune. And, of course, that's all very, very bearish for the U.S. dollar. And that's very bullish for the price of gold. Of course, also, as the price of gold was breaking out, so too was uh, the cryptocurrencies. I mean, I was watching these cryptocurrencies. I mentioned it again last time because I'm not just watching a Bitcoin. I'm watching all these coins, whatever they're named. I mean, there's hundreds of them. But the total market cap of all the cryptos a few days ago broke above 100 billion, you know, for the first time. And Bitcoin was still holding on to about a 45 percent market share of of that total but we almost got to think maybe we made a new high we didn't quite get to a thousand for the price of bit uh, a bitcoin i know we got up to 900 and something i don't remember the exact high but it was you know well above 900 and you know we pull back a little bit i mean as i'm recording this we're back below 20 2800 or something like that but we had this big rise in all these cryptos right and I don't know, but I am thinking that if this gold breakout proves to be legitimate, if the price of gold really takes out 1300 and then 1350 it could actually be the, the pin that pricks the, the crypto bubble. And one of the reasons that I think that, and of course, you know, I could be wrong, right? I mean, bubbles can get bigger and bigger and bigger. But one possibility is that one of the reasons that a lot of people have been attracted to the cryptos is because... They've seen that gold has been stagnating uh, as cryptos have been rising. So people who are worried about fiat currencies, worried about the dollar, worried about central banks, who would normally be buying gold as a hedge against that, since gold has apparently not worked well relative to these cryptocurrencies, I bet there is a significant percentage of the crypto buyer 
who is buying cryptocurrencies instead of gold. I mean, maybe they're buying it in addition to gold, but some of them might be buying it instead of gold. Or maybe some people who would normally be buying maybe $5,000 worth of gold, let's say they put half into cryptos and half into gold. I don't know, but I bet that the cryptos have on balance taken some demand away from gold. Now, I know a lot of people who want to criticize me. I look on my on my uh, YouTube channel, I see the comments. And a lot of people say, oh, Peter Schiff, you know, he doesn't like uh, Bitcoin just because it competes with gold and, and he's a gold salesman. And so he's going to criticize it. And look, people ought to know that if there's one thing they can trust about me is my honesty. If I actually believe that this stuff was going to work, I'd be the first one to say it. I mean, I am not first and foremost a gold salesman. I mean, gold is a small part of my business. I tell people they should own five to ten percent of their portfolio in gold. What what do I have them? What do they do with the other eighty to ninety percent? I'm invested in the stock markets. Maybe not the U.S. stock market, but I have people in stocks all around the world. And you know, so I have an investment thesis that I think makes sense. If I thought cryptocurrency should be part of someone's portfolio, I mean, remember. I didn't even start my gold company until 2010. So I was telling people to buy gold before I had a gold company. I was telling them to buy it, go to other, I was just saying, go buy gold. I didn't even know, I just was letting people buy it wherever they wanted. In fact, one of the reasons that I did set up Shift Gold was because I found out that so many of my clients were getting ripped off by the companies that they chose to buy their gold from. You know, I was sending people to, to, uh, other gold companies. I, I didn't have any one particular company I was referring people to. I just figured that they would shop around and get a good buy. I didn't realize that so many of them were getting ripped off. So then I finally started Shift Gold uh, to to prevent that from happening. But you know, so my skepticism when it comes to uh, Bitcoin is look, it's the same of my skepticism when I was skeptical of all the dot com stocks in the 1990s i was a stockbroker believe me i could have made a lot more money if i bought all these dot com stocks for my clients and after all that's what they wanted to buy i had to spend all my time talking them out of it so i always you know my integrity is important and i and i call them like i see them you could disagree with the calls that i'm making but you cannot criticize the integrity in what i'm doing i'm not just saying one thing and doing the other um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people the truth. I don't have an ulterior motive. Yes. Do I make money when people buy gold for me? Yes, I do. But if I thought that buying cryptocurrencies was better than gold or certainly, you know, as good or it should be, I would basically be telling people, yeah, put it, you know, go put a few percent of your net worth there as well. I mean, I'm not going to alter that based on the fact that, that I have a, a gold business. But getting back to this line of thinking, if I'm right, and if a lot of people, you know, who would otherwise have bought gold are buying cryptos, and let's say the price of gold all of a sudden skyrockets, starts to move up, 1350, it's moving up. Now, some people might think, you know what, I've got these big gains in my cryptocurrencies. Gold is now just starting to move. So let me take some of my profits in these cryptocurrencies and use them to buy some gold. Because now maybe gold's going to catch up. You know, maybe gold's going to have a big move. The cryptos move first, and gold and silver are going to move second. So let me take a little of my profits, not even dump all my cryptos. Let me just sell some of my cryptos, take some of that money, and buy some gold and silver, right? And let's say maybe 5% of the people who own Bitcoins, you know, or 5% of the Bitcoins, or all the cryptocurrencies, rather, not just Bitcoin, but let's say 5% of the market is up for sale because those people decided that now they want to jump on gold and silver because now they're going to catch up. The cryptos have already moved. 
Now gold and silver are about to move. Here's the problem. There is not a lot of liquidity in these cryptocurrencies. I mean, you get 5% of the market that wants out. Do you think there's another, do you think there's new money coming in to pick up that those offers? No, not on your life. I mean, you see sometimes, I mean, after Bitcoin initially got as high as like 2,900, you know, within a couple of days, it was back at 1,900. I mean, it dropped $1,000 in a day or so. How much was the volume? How much selling did it actually take to do that? I don't think very much. So if I'm right, if uh, all of a sudden gold and silver break out and now there's more enthusiasm, because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, gold and silver aren't going to go up. They're manipulated. And so I'm buying these cryptos because there's no manipulation there. And so you can really get the appreciation because the central banks and all the short sellers, they're not letting gold and silver go up. And once they start to see it go up, that could change. And again, I'm not saying that people are going to say, hey, I want to get rid of all my cryptocurrencies and put it all in gold and silver. But enough people that own them may say, hey, I'm going to take a percentage of my cryptos and sell so I can buy gold or silver. Well, if enough people do that, then you can have a very, very big drop in, in price. And then we'll see. I mean, will the markets recover from that drop and make new highs? Or will this have been uh, the peak and will the gold and silver rally, ironically, be the pin that pricks that crypto bubble?